Hello, you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ellen Buckin, Communications and Insights Assistant at the Association of MBAs. Last month, I caught up with Glenn Murphy, who is the MBA Director at QUT Graduate School of Business, Queensland University of Technology. We spoke about their new MBA programme, which is done entirely online. Here's that conversation. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career, please? Yeah, sure. So, I'm originally from the UK, although I lived like the majority of my life in this part of the world. I grew up in Papua New Guinea and uh, I went to university and school in Australia. Uh, and hence, this reason, most of the reason I've ended up being an academic in this part of the world. Uh, I do have a retail background, though, and, and part of that was I was uh, I used to be a store manager for Superdrug in the UK. <laughs> and then uh, I've, I've also been a retail, uh, I guess, executive in Australia as well. Um, my first degree was in HRM, um, and then uh, I guess broadened out into my research background as an academic is, is really on the intersection between technology, behavior, and organizational contexts, in particular the way in which I guess social networks operate in organizations and how it influences people and in the exchange of information and ideas. Um, but yeah, that's been my really my big focus as an academic has been on, on looking at authentic assessment, uh, technology enhanced curriculum. And I guess more recently, uh, look, really looking at experiential and multidisciplinary approaches to the design of MBA programs. And of course, uh, a big part of my, uh, I guess, my professional life over the last couple of years has been working with the team to build uh, our newest online MBA program, which was accredited by AMBA uh, last year. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. Um, so, yeah, you just had your first like um, students kind of finish the program. What makes it different from other MBA programs? Yeah, look, um, it, there, there are quite a, a few that are different. We, we were quite late to the party uh, with an online program. Um, definitely in Australia, there's quite a competitive in, environment in that space. Um, but we really wanted a program. Being Amber Credit, of course, meant that we really wanted to make sure that our program was, I guess, fitted the QT profile of being a real-world program. Um, but one that also fitted the quality of its existing programs. So we both we have an MBA program, an executive MBA program as well, and they're very highly ranked uh, nationally. And we really wanted to make sure that the online MBA really matched that sort of quality and, and the experience. Um, we really wanted to make sure that it was a an, a key to MBA, never mind what. No? Um, so we've been looking at this a long time. We also knew, and we all know, um, that we've got to constantly look at different ways in which we uh, reevaluate. The MBA and how to make it, you know, current and relevant, uh, and 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 continue to, you know, uh, I guess have a, a positive influence moving forward over the next decade. So part of that design process was to look, well, what, what is the MBA of the future? And right at the same time, a couple of us really looking and, and we're getting quite excited, I guess, about um, some of the stuff that was coming out of Finland around phenomenological-based learning, um, and, and really that's an extension of problem-based learning, but a really Really nice multidisciplinary or transdisciplinary approach to to uh, learning and to and, and applying learning. And when you think about an MBA, um, you know any of our one, any of our students in the Ambon network don't wake up in the morning and go, "Today I have an economics problem." You know, today they wake up and they go, "Right, I've got a problem that I need to use some economics, some accounting, some leadership, some HR, some change management, yeah? all, all that stuff wrapped in together." And, and the key for them is to understand how to put all that stuff together to provide an optimal outcome for their people, for their organizations, et cetera. And that was the attraction of the phenomenological approach coming out of Finland. 
So we basically have, you know, we call it a digital futures MBA. And it is a phenomenological-based approach to learning. So uh, it is a multidisciplinary approach. So all the key aspects of an MBA are still in the program. But to a certain degree, they're disaggregated and built around a business issue um, that might be relevant for each particular unit. Uh, and overlaying that, it is uh, a program that is entirely built around Industry 4.0. So we have a fairly large and active research center here at QUT called the, um, the, uh, the Center for uh, Digital Enterprise. And um, we have a direct line to those guys. They're a very applied, uh, very industry-focused um, research group that are really looking at uh, digital business models, industry 4.0, you know, what, what's next around the corner. So uh, we have a great relationship with those guys. They come and teach into our program. And as I say, we have a direct line to their research. So it was an optimal serendipitous moment where we had a great pedagogical design that we felt was appropriate for online. That's a, a key, uh, I guess, kind of uh, passion of mine is to make sure that we design online experiences that work well online. I know that sounds kind of dumb in some ways, but we often we see a lot of programs whack some stuff together with some technology over the top and call it online. And we were really keen on what is the learning? What is what is the appropriate pedagogical model that fits an online environment? And this just all seemed to fit very, very nicely. Um, and, you know, we're, so along the way, we've, we've basically, um, we, we drop these issues into our, our students. They, they use a combination of strategy, design thinking, marketing, accounting, finance, ethical practice to solve these issues. Uh, and there's actually... Two or three weeks ago, uh, one of our first cohort was reflecting on the MBA and how it helped her, especially in the context of COVID nineteen. And she, this, is, this is, I just, I found this to sort of uh, mention to it. She said, uh, "If there was ever an MBA to prepare us for the situation we're now in, the digital MBA is it. First, we learn about the online grocery industry, now the safest way to deliver essential items to the most vulnerable people in society. Then we discussed whether Telstra, that's a, our, uh, our one of our." Uh, telecommunication providers should invest in 5g to regain market share just in time for unprecedented numbers of people working and studying from home next was leadership in the digital age giving people purpose and guiding geographically dispersed teams through a VUCA environment has never been so important and finally entrepreneurship the importance of being resilient and adapting to changing environments and now seamlessly sliding into an online delivery model it has been an adventure guys uh so i suppose we've been lucky in that you know as as these units are being built we look at current issues that are that are relevant uh, in society and MBAs, and we get them to build. Uh, we basically build our curriculum, if you like, and we build our units around those issues. Um, yeah, so yeah, so that's that's a, a key part of, I guess, what makes our program different is that it does have um, an industry 4.0 focus, but it is that very much built around the phenomenological learning model. That's amazing that um, it helped your students prepare so much for something that I feel like most people feel unbelievably unfair for it um, in COVID. That must have been such a, like an amazing moment and amazing feedback. What other like feedback or standout successes have you had from the programme? <laughs> yeah, look, individual stories are, are always easy to point to. Um, and, and Gemma, who I mentioned before, is, is one of those ones where literally, you know, within, I think, a couple of months of starting the programme, she switched jobs and got a new job and really what she's focused on and you know, all this. So there's always, I mean, every MBA program has those great stories. I think from us in terms of the design of the program, one of the things that we were always very keen to try and achieve, but we knew was incredibly difficult to achieve in an online context is the cohort cohesion. And I tell you, you wouldn't find a more, um, I guess, kind of um, 
a tight bunch than our first cohort. They are an incredible cohort in terms of, um, you know, uh, how well they connect with each other, how they support each other, and they talk about themselves as a cohort. So that, that was something that we designed for. Um, but as you know, uh, design and execution are two different things completely, so it was really nice to see that come together and see how the design of the program really helps to amplify the cohort cohesion. The other thing that's probably interesting, so in terms of the design of the unit, the program, one of the things we looked around the world and we saw some of the, you know, the high-quality programs did were beginning to offer almost the best of both worlds. So they were saying, hey, do the majority of your program online, but we'll also offer these occasional face-to-face intensives or these face-to-face catch-ups. And we thought that's that's quite a good idea because we're pretty good at that face-to-face stuff. That's that's our bread and butter. Um, and uh, you know, most people know Australia is a very very big country. It's very dispersed. The whole of the UK can fit into the state of Queensland. It's it's a very big state. Um, it's a very big country. And what happens with these uh, on, uh, optional face-to-face intensives that we run at the start of every unit is we have people flying in from all over the country. Um, and and to be honest, they've they sort of got a bit. And there's nothing curriculum-based in them. You know, we, we started these thinking, okay, we'll give them some a bit of a primer material. We'll introduce them to the teaching faculty. We'll, we'll get them thinking about the new unit they're about to sort of start working on. But over time, we realized that because these intensives aren't bound by curriculum like the units are, we can do a whole range of things that, that MBAs value. So sometimes we'll do... Um, you know, some form of uh, networking event. Sometimes we'll do some sort of simulation. Uh, we've, have, we've had everything from um, basically a VR goggle style leadership interaction pieces. We've had, um, you know, people, as I say, we've had peop- uh, researchers come across from our center, Digital Futures, to uh, l- run live workshops and simulations. Uh, so these are, these are face-to-face intensives that become bigger and bigger as we go along, and they're big events in their own right. Uh, and we, we think that's a key part of the whole experience is that people actually look forward to and invest in these and fly in and meet up um, every you know, sort of 12 weeks or so uh, before they go away and do the online learning together virtually. Uh, it's, it's a great way of doing it. So they're, they're probably the, the, the things that we think we probably didn't, you know, we'd hoped they would be good, uh, but we didn't realize how important they were to the overall model uh, as well as the, all the other stuff, if that makes sense. Definitely. Um, so what's the kind of typical experience of the student when they're actually going away and doing the online learning? Um, what kind of hours do they do? What kind of interaction do they have with staff? And what subjects can they study? Yeah, so to give you a broad context, um, this is uh, the majority of, of, of MBA programs in Australia are, are largely part-time. Um, and certainly our three main programs are all part-time programs. So these guys do... 12 10-week units over a three-year period. And there's nine content units and three project units, uh, which, again, are a hugely valuable part of the program. But the nine content units, as I say, are phenomenological-based. Um, so they are uh, looking at things like optimizing business outcomes, leading teams for growth, establishing new ventures, building financial resilience, pivoting to a digital business model, transforming a proactive organization, and also leading digital transformation. So they're all... all you know, the content-based units. Um, the other piece, too, I suppose, that I should reflect on is that, obviously, they have the option of going to MIT in Boston for two weeks as part of a, um, an MIT intensive uh, that is also aligned to the whole digital futures piece. Uh, 
But in terms of the, I guess the, the every every time they go to study, they have a two week so two hour webinar uh, every week for ten weeks, and that's where they interact and get led by our senior faculty. Uh, then during the week, um, they interact with our business coaches. So we have a range of MBA qualified, master's qualified uh, business coaches uh, that interact with them on Microsoft Teams. So we have um, we realised early, very early on that. You can't just rely on a webinar or a video. Uh, you've really got to make sure that learning happens in a multitude of different ways. Uh, and in particular, coming back to my comment around really wanting to have a really strong cohort uh, cohesion, we needed to have a mechanism that created and, and generated conversation in between webinars. So the way we do that is we have everyone on Microsoft Teams. So again, another example of how people are really skilled up to deal with our current environment. Um, and they will engage and discuss and share ideas with Microsoft Teams with our business coaches as well as our uh, academic staff uh, during that period as they study. Uh, and, and a key part of that, though, is what we call the coaching process. So that was something we, um, we looked at places like Maastricht, a very strong heritage in their use of uh, problem-based learning. And they have a very sophisticated approach to problem-based learning, and we really loved it. We thought we could use that. So it's a... It's basically a, a, a six, seven-step process that takes people every week through how they unpack this issue that they're dealing with uh, uh, more and more. So the combination of webinars, interactions with, uh, with Microsoft Teams, with their guided uh, learning process, all means that they, you know, hopefully for those of you who want it, they feel really supported and guided throughout that process. Um, but then again, for those who are pretty um, open and free learners, they can just uh, look at the assessment piece they're required to do, engage with the academic teams, and kind of move through that 10-week period. Uh, so, yeah, in terms of workload, obviously, um, we always, uh, you know, we'd, we'd like to see them do more than less, but we're always conscious of the fact that our part-timers are working uh, pretty intense jobs as it is. They're all pretty senior people doing our program. Uh, but ideally, you know, we'd look at 10 or 20 hours a week over that 10-week period, uh, which would which involve uh, webinar preparation, uh, consultations with our with our staff members, uh, interaction on the Teams environment, and of course working on their assignments. Um, but uh, I think we all know that um, as MBA directors and uh, faculty teams, we'd love our people to be working twenty plus hours. Uh, we all know that that's always dependent on student capability and and, and uh, commitment and, and and what they can afford to to invest in. But but yeah, that's that's largely uh, what they would do. Uh, but we really look forward to those uh, those uh, weekly, I guess, kind of webinars where we really can get to talk to people, uh, share ideas, get them to start thinking, get them to really start um, you know, arguing and discussing the ideas that we're putting forward to them uh, and, and really getting into the issue um, at hand, whether that be should a telecommunications a giant, can it afford to invest in 5G? Or you know what happens? What, how would Amazon really enter into the Australian market? Um, and how would somebody like Zoom, uh, you know, sort of take uh, take advantage and, and grow out of this COVID period? All those issues are great MBA questions. We can uh, chuck content to them, and on a week by week basis, they would unpack that and deliver that as part of their assessment. That's largely what a what a ten week unit would look like. Cool. That sounds amazing. So, kind of my last question to you, I guess, is. Um since programs are now being forced to go online, do you think that, especially in like a post-COVID world, do you think the future of the MBA is online? 
look, I, I can be a little controversial and say probably not. Um, I think, especially in the UK, you guys have been uh, trapped in your in your houses for uh, um, what four or five weeks at least now. There's a risk that people will run away screaming and say, "I never want to see another Zoom session again." Um, <laughs> so there's definitely that possibility. I think it will. I think what's been beautiful uh, out of a horrific scenario is that um, it, it's pretty clear that. Um, you know, and all the concerns about social media and being disconnected, etc., that actually shown that people have still have retained their humanity. They like still connecting with other people. So I think, I think there's still plenty of room for, for a really rich uh, face-to-face program that, that you know gets really clever people in a room and and, and really get them discussing and debating issues. What I think it's done, though, however, is shown. You know, one of the things, obviously. Um, there's a couple of us in Amber who've been looking to establish what we call the uh, digital delivery special interest group, uh, because we really believe that the online program is also a great mechanism by which uh, people who may not necessarily be able to access our programs uh, physically can can interact virtually. And we certainly experienced that. We we have some fantastic people now uh, in our program as an online program that, that never would have been able to um, basically. Uh, attend physically because they live in Tasmania or or they work on a mine site in the middle of Queensland. Um, so what I think it has done is if you look at our Amber community, we have relatively few online programs. Um, and I think what this whole period has done is shown a lot of universities, it's actually possible. You do have the talent to do this. It's painful. It's been a lot of hard work and there's a lot of very tired academics and learning designers and professional staff that that, you know, doing the hard yards right now. But I think what they're also, you know, they're showing themselves, they're building their own self-confidence and understanding, oh, actually, we can do this. We can do online. Um, and it might not be optimal right now. And I'd, I'd argue that what we want to really move people to is is to really genuinely think about an online pedagogy, not simply just pivoting, which is, you know, a great first step. But the next step is to really optimise your program for online delivery. But I would say that I think in a lot of cases where faculty teams and uh, university uh, management have been kind of wary about what does it really mean to go online, I think the whole COVID experience has shown that it's possible because we've had to do it, uh, inverted commas. So I think that's 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 a positive out of it. Um, I think we've got to be really careful about people. I think we've got to really acknowledge there's been a huge amount of work done for people and, and for our students. And I know... Um, in our MBA and executive year programs, we've been very grateful for our students. They've been very supportive, uh, very engaging. They've really, um, really, really responded well uh, to, to also go online, not just like our digital MBA uh, cohorts. Um, but everyone's in this together sort of thing. And I think what it's really shown perhaps is that, as I say, that uh, you can do it and we can do a better job of it. But nevertheless, it's indeed possible. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been very interesting. Yeah, cool. Thanks very much for letting me, uh, you know, I guess, uh, share our, our program and how we do it. And, you know, and uh, I'd say for all those Amber, I guess, listeners out there, if you if you want to get in touch and be part of the uh, Digital Delivery Special Interest Group, we have a WhatsApp uh, channel and we'd be very keen to, uh, I guess, have you on that channel and we'll be we'll be running a whole bunch of webinars and, I guess, kind of get-togethers over the next 12 months and, and, and really help people uh, get their head around what online means and, and, and collectively build some, yeah, I guess, some expertise and intelligence in Amber 
around building awesome MBA programs uh, for, you know, for the future. Thank you to Glenn for talking to me today about the online program at QUT. It was clearly such a success and it was so nice to talk to someone who is so proud of what their institution has achieved. I also spoke to Bob O'Connor, who is Glenn's colleague at QUT and is the Executive Director of the Graduate School of Business. We spoke about how the industry has changed since his time started there around 15 years ago. Hello, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career please? Sure, Alan. Um, so, uh, I've been at the university um, sort of 15 or so years, um, but this is like my second career. So my first career was actually in technology, working for large uh, multinational hardware and software vendors, largely in um, software engineering and then through marketing roles. Um, but in 2000, you might remember the uh, year 2K bubble burst, not unlike the coronavirus. It was a major impact into that sector of the, of the economy. And uh, at the time, I was running a software company, which we actually had uh, listed on the stock exchange in February of 2000. And uh, timing was uh, almost perfect, except that the next couple of months were <laughs> quite dramatic. Um, so after that, I thought, well, what's next? And um, I sort of had a, a year of just doing some uh, contracting work. Uh, and then this role came up at the university. And uh, for the last uh, 14 or 15 years, um, been leading the uh, executive education and then the graduate school of business, um, which is also including the MBA portfolio uh, as uh, the brief within the university. Amazing to um, have something else seen so much happen in that time of being at the same school. How has the school transformed in that time and how has the higher business education sector changed? Yeah, that's dramatic in fact. Um, when we started uh, executive education in particular, it was very much business school executive education. Um, now what we're doing is executive education for the whole university. So very much multi or transdisciplinary education, no matter whether the client's need is healthcare, education, law, engineering, technology. We want to be able to bring the single set of solution uh, folk together such that we can deliver the ideal and most comprehensive solution to the customer. So that's a dramatic shift from just the business perspective that multidisciplinary perspective. Um, I don't think most universities are doing that yet, but I certainly think that that's what customers are asking for. They're asking for, how do you help me solve my business challenge? Along the MBA front, um, what we're seeing is uh, very much that, because the MBA is a multidisciplinary degree. It's like executive education on steroids. And what we're doing is uh, bringing in a very concerted way uh, executive programs to people who want to do a complete package, the MBA. And what we're now finding is that people are flexible. They want to do an MBA as a series of small uh, programs that allow them to uh, build credentials and build skill uh, as they progress through their leadership journey, through their career journey. 
So what we're finding in the MBA in particular is enrolments are strong, but enrolments are strong in the graduate certificate element, the diploma element, and the full MBA program. I like MBA executive education on steroids. I think that should be your new marketing tool. <laughs> so can you tell me more about these short courses? Um, that QUT runs. Do you think that these short, specific, like professional courses, are the future of med- management education? Yeah. So we run um, a whole range of short courses or executive education um, uh, across three paradigms. Um, one paradigm is what we call client customized education, where we build solutions for a client. And that may be a professional development program, or it may well be an executive award program, which could be a master's program. It really depends on what the client's ambitions are. Most clients want skill in their organization because their challenge is that the organization's strategy can't be executed effectively by the skill level in the organization. And they're looking to build that skill level. The other side of that, though, is that uh, individuals, employees of an organisation, also want to build their credentials. So a university award is of interest and, and appealing to them. So to be able to do custom organisation, custom programs for organisations, or as we say, client custom uh, programs, the ability to offer both skill, professional development, and a university award is something unique to universities. The second area that we operate in is what we call open professional education. These are short courses. They might range from two-hour online micro-credentials to two, three-day, five-day masterclasses. They're very much just-in-time education, giving people the skill in a particular topic area such that they can then execute more effectively in the organisation. And then the final area that we operate in is what we call leadership coaching and advisory, supporting people deliver those skills in the workplace. Education is, uh, to some degree, um, trying to act like a silver bullet. It's trying to actually deliver new skill into an organisation through its people. But it's not until those people change that they actually uh, use the new skills in ways that they weren't using it before. And executive coaching or leadership coaching supports them in that journey of change such that they're then using those new skills for the profit of the organisation. Do you think that these short courses might overtake the MBA? Because it seems like almost better to do like a short course and get exactly what you need rather than making that big investment or do you think that the MBA will always have a presence and um, it will always be needed? I'm actually quite confident that both will survive quite well. Um, Short courses are certainly needed but I also think that the MBA which offers people a very comprehensive journey allowing them to both uh, acquire new skill and use the safe learning environment of the MBA to actually practice and use those skills 
such that they're then ready to transfer that back into the workplace. So the MBA as a comprehensive program is a series of short courses simply put together in a package and delivered in a comprehensive way that builds capability for an organisation as it builds capability in its people. Often we talk about it in the team that what we're after here is individual capability that will help organisations create impact. So what about um, oh the dreaded thing on everyone's mind, um, COVID-19? Did having an online programme already at QUT um, put you in a better place for dealing with the effects? Oh, there's, there's no doubt. Um, we've been walking the journey towards online for the last few years. Um, we released the uh, MBA online uh, 12 months ago. But we've also run a number of other programs, executive education programs online. Um, we run a leadership coaching program online. So our skill level was already quite high. But our other face-to-face programs, we had to move into an online environment within a week. Uh, so that uh, experience allowed us to do that really, really effectively. But I will say, you, you don't lose something in a week and, and have the perfect outcome. Um, what we've done is we've, uh, in effect, replicated the face-to-face environment in the online environment. I do think the best online programs are those that we actually reconceptualize and build from scratch. So, for example, in our digital MBA, we don't teach 12 individual subjects as we would normally in an MBA program. We've combined two or three of those subjects into every module of the digital MBA such that we're actually dealing with a business theme. So, for example, the first unit in the program is managing growth. And that's a combination of strategy, marketing and accounting. So we don't individually teach strategy, marketing and accounting. We bring all of that theory together in the context of managing growth and take people on that work-relevant journey of managing growth. So, yes, I do think that online is certainly gaining a how would I say, a huge impetus from COVID-19. And I think we're all learning a lot. But I think there's uh, still a lot to be done in both online and face-to-face delivery. Yeah, I was going to ask, since you've had such a success with your online MBA, do you think that that's the future of the MBA? Or do you think there will always be a place for kind of face-to-face MBAs as well? Yeah, I'm confident in... Um, both will actually have a place for the future for many years to come. Um, What we want out of an MBA is both the skill, the practice and the network. And face-to-face that delivers that really, really well. Um, Online delivers that really, really well, especially if you combine online with some face-to-face optional sessions. What online does particularly well is take those programs to people who can't get to -to face-to-face. So what we've found in our uh, digital MBA program, it's not actually lowering enrolments in our face-to-face programs. It's actually increasing the availability of an MBA to people who couldn't physically get to campus. Now, often there, um, 
early 30s or early 40s women, young family, busy. There's no way they can get to classes at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. Um, there might be uh, engineers, mining engineers, working in remote locations. There might be people working in mid-sized cities and towns where major universities aren't present. So the online programs are actually um, attracting a wider market of people who have actually been starved of the opportunity to enrol in MBA programs. So I do think there's a place for both. What about, about partnerships and universities? You have an agreement with MIT Sloan School of Management. Um, how important is it that business schools have partnerships and um, how do these partnerships add value to the student experience? Yeah, partnerships are certainly key and, and partnerships are going to become even more valuable in the world order of online because no business school can be expert at everything. No university can be expert at everything. So what you want is partnerships that are complementary complementary to your skills and complementary to the partner skills. And also partnerships that are based on equivalence of values. So MIT Sloan, uh, a technology university, QUT, a technology university. Um, Sloan, a business school, highly effective in real world application and active learning. QUT Business School, very much industry engaged, work relevant, active learning. So those two partnerships are, are very strong. And I do think that every university needs to be building its network of key partners in the future. Last question for you, but how has QUT um, innovated itself to make sure that it remains relevant um, with the current kind of quick change in technology and technology disruptors? So I've mentioned our uh, digital MBA and how that's a significant innovation on the whole curriculum process. You know, we're not actually delivering individual units. We're delivering work-relevant modules that draw on those relevant, uh, relevant individual units. Um, we're also using a lot of um, other online technologies. So virtual reality for communications training, artificial intelligence for decision-making, simulations for decision-making. All these technologies are becoming of age and they're allowing us to actually deliver programs that people will be using in their workplaces in the 2020s and beyond. So we as universities have a responsibility to prepare students for the tools of the future and give them exposure to those, which means that we need to be leaders in innovation and particularly leaders in innovation of educational delivery of content. But it's not just the content that universities are about. Um, I often use the expression that Professor Google has won the content war. In other words, everyone knows whether they can get content from. It's very much about the application. So what universities are doing, and certainly QUT is doing, is focusing on how we build our credentials in the application of knowledge. And that's why our partnership with MIT is key. But that's also why we want to be in both professional education, executive education, and MBA um, executive education as well. Because they're all about the application of knowledge. Thank you so much to Bob O'Connor for that fascinating conversation. I especially liked his 
description of the MBA's Executive Education on Steroids. If you'd like more about leadership, go to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to listen out for the next Ambition podcast.